Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to all of our new listeners. Dr. Kara here, board certified pediatric and adult allergy immunology, lifestyle medicine doc, and systemic Sjogren's patient. Here on the podcast, we love bringing in colleagues of mine who are doing amazing things out in the world. And I am so excited to introduce y'all to Dr. Kim Duramo today. Dr. Kim is a physician. She is a best-selling author of Mind Body Toolkit and the founder of the American Institute of Mind Body Medicine. She has assisted millions in activating self-healing to resolve chronic disease. And really this stems out of Dr. Kim's awakening experience at age 16, where she became fascinated with mind body medicine and spirituality and began studying this passionately. And this awareness that she is here to be a physician, to share the truth that our thoughts really do create our reality and that our emotions directly affect our bodies and how we can optimize that ability to heal from within. She graduated with honors from Providence College, enrolled in medical school at the University of New England College of Osteopathic Medicine. And there she developed a strange illness with severe joint and back pain, headaches, weight gain, aches and chills all over, significant fatigue. She sought help from the medical world and not surprisingly was repeatedly told nothing was wrong and eventually was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. Dr. Kim, first of all, thank you for joining us. Please share a little more. How did you end up where you are now doing what you're doing? Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome that you're board certified in allergy medicine and peds and blending this all together. But yeah, I had gone through that whole gamut in medical school and a lot of it was being super empathic where you take on a lot of people's energies, you're really energy sensitive and then learning about pathology all day where here's all the things that can go wrong and you're focusing on illness, disease, disease. And I know my body internalized that. Each system we were in, like we were studying cardiovascular and I developed weird heart palpitations, shortness of breath. Then I'm like lying there on the monitor with the ultrasound, cardiac ultrasound. And they're like, oh, you've got a problem with your valve and you've got this and you've got that. And I was like, this is really weird because this is just what we're learning about in the book. Then it was like in the GI system, like I was having digestive problems and I had to go see a GI doctor. And I was like, this is really weird. It wasn't until three diagnoses in that I started realizing what was happening. And sure enough, in my second year, I developed this really severe illness and chronic fatigue, headaches, I'm feeling really sick, like flu symptoms on and off. That's when I went to, went to a lot of doctors over a year and finally was sent to this allergist who was like, I've got the diagnosis. Here's what you have. Really, that was like what broke the spell because they were able to see, yes, your body's reacting to all these allergens. You have X and Y disease. Here's how it's going to go. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what you need to do, or you're not going to be able to walk soon. I really blew up the whole thing for me because I realized, wait a minute, this is not my truth. This, I get the the space he's living in where equals Y you have this, that means that, but I realized this isn't actually true for me. Why is my body allergic? Why is my body inflamed? Why is my body reacting instead of being resilient and responding and manifesting this inflammation? So I really started to ask different questions at that time, instead of asking what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me. And this like hyper alert fight and search and started looking for 
what's right about this? I'm not getting. What is my body actually communicating with me that if I could be more receptive, this could be really easy? That is when the whole thing shifted. So talk to me a little bit more about, it sounds like there was a paradigm shift really in how you looked at the body and illness. I'd studied a lot of mind-body medicine. I went to an osteopathic medical school. I was fascinated since when I was really young and had all this realization that, wow, our thoughts are impacting our body and impacting others and we're energy. We're not just physical, but I actually read tons of books on mind-body medicine, but I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know how do I apply this? If my body can heal itself, how do I activate that versus what I was doing was like, I got to heal myself, mind over matter. I got to make this work. I got to figure this out, which was more of fight or flight and more of attack. And that's really autoimmune. So that's why things like escalated and snowballed and got worse and worse. Really, when I learned to connect with my body in a new way Mm -hmm. that allowed a different relationship, I was actually willing to receive my symptoms, what I was feeling, receive the experience instead of reject it or fix it. And literally that's what shifted the whole thing within a very short time. So how does that look for someone who maybe has only experienced more of this fight or flight response that you've kind of described? One of the first things I did where I began to be more receptive was listening instead of rejecting. I had this really severe back pain or spasms and I paid attention to what was happening in my body. And what I saw was I'd immediately clamp down in fear and think, oh God, it's back and nothing I'm doing is working and I'll never be free and it will never be okay. So now that I'm in this new level of listening, I was aware of all that. I was aware of that like helplessness. And I was aware of the clamping down physically that my body went into that tension when I would notice that pain. So one of the things I started doing was softening that area of my body where I felt the pain and letting my body know it's okay. It's okay to feel this. It's okay to let this go. And I'd feel that area of my body soften. And like within sometimes seconds, the energy would just dissipate because I wasn't clamping down on the sensation. And that kind of keeps us stuck. I was sending love to my body. I love you. It's okay to be soft. It's okay to let this go. And my body would respond. And that was one of the biggest things I did in that really like a week to 10 days when the whole syndrome kind of unwound itself. Mm -hmm. So going from what you're describing, things that I've seen with somatic work and in really tuning into things that we many times throughout the busyness of our day just do. We're not usually aware at that level of what the body's doing with tensing of what our thoughts are about it, of what we're feeling and what the emotions are. So we're living at a more surface level and we're not participating at that depth. Then we're like a victim. Why is this happening to me? I have no idea why this is happening. But when I started to drop in and soften, I could feel everything that was happening. And I had total clarity on why it was then manifesting in illness, inflammation, and pain. One of the things I've grappled with in my own explorations with mind-body medicine and my training in kind of more obviously conventional modern medicine, and also adding a third dynamic of being immersed in the chronic illness community is 
how can we explore this area or can we explore it? Because I think a lot of folks will worry about, okay, are we saying that we caused this ourselves? Are we saying we made ourselves sick? Is there an element of blame and shaming that goes along with that? Yeah, that was a huge piece. And I see this a lot with people new to this work. That's one of the first responses that comes up. And so I had to not make myself wrong, but at the same time, take full responsibility for what was manifesting now. It was unconscious. It was a pattern. It was a program I was in of, I've got to improve. I've got to get ahead. I've got to make sure and control my life. And I've got to make sure I'm succeeding. There was this tension around that. It wasn't until I really started to see it that I could have done anything differently. So there's no wrongness that this is what got created thus far. And if you let yourself off the hook, there's nothing to blame. And the other layer is I didn't even make the illness wrong. I actually let it be the Mm -hmm. feedback system from my wisdom showing me like, Kim, you don't have to hold on so tightly. You don't have to continually improve. You're already whole. Let that just show up to live more surrendered instead of controlling. It was actually a gift. It wasn't a wrongness that this was happening. It wasn't a wrongness that this manifested. It wasn't like I manifested this. It was the subconscious manifesting this. So you could get yourself off the hook, not make it wrong, but actually receive what's here now and show up responsible. I'm going to take responsibility to the highest degree I have of changing how I create it going forward. So most of these things are just programs. It's not anybody's fault. Can you share a little bit more about some of the different tools in your toolbox that you use with your clients and patients? Yeah, the foundation is what I call the instant elevation. Premise is that your pure energy, it seems like your body is solid and you have these like cells of the hormones and the immune system and the messengers, but it's actually all energetic. It's all energy communication. And when we understand that energy is responding to our thoughts about it. Energy is responding to our focus of attention. Energetically, where your attention goes is where your energy flows. If you're in the clamp down of, I got to fight my disease. I got to figure this out. Your energy is going to respond. Your immune system gets inflamed and your musculoskeletal system like clamps down in tension. Even your brain function changes. When you shift your attention and bring it back to awareness, like observation, I'm going to notice, oh, wow, there's pain in my back. Oh, there's like muscle spasm. Oh, there's this idea that I'm not okay. And I've got to fight this. Oh, there's this feeling of maybe unworthiness or fear. You begin to observe and notice. And now it's just observation. All this is, this is that this is here. I'm no longer in reaction to it all to the same degree. That's what actually lets the energy just move instead of recreating it in a tension pattern. First step of the instant elevation is where you develop a new awareness, a new relationship with your body, a new way of noticing what's here without being in reaction to it, but just observing. That alone has been shown to shift your brain functioning and your brain wave patterns, to shift the neurologic communication to your body, and also to shift your hormones, your chemical messengers more in favor of health. Super cool. Can you talk, I know EFT meridian tapping is something that you incorporate 
into your practice. And admittedly, I am not familiar with, I've heard of tapping, seen it a little bit, but talk to us about it. Okay. So EFT meridian tapping is a way to communicate with really that third nervous system. We have our voluntary nervous system. You have the involuntary nervous system doing your digestion and your heart rate. Then we have this meridian nervous system. And this is a really potent place to leverage more impact on our health. Third nervous system is completely left out of the Western medical model, but it's very evident and prominent and researched very strongly in the Eastern medical model. If we understand how this works, it is instantly transmitting information. It's transmitting electromagnetic information, which is not the same as chemical. It's actually faster. The electromagnetic information isn't just in the confines of the body. We are emitting a signal that we can detect eight to 10 feet away from the body. We can get a sense of the frequency of if someone's in joy and ease and I accept myself fully or if someone's in anger, come on, you got to do a better job. You can feel their electromagnetic frequency. If you're energy sensitive, when I was a kid, you'd know my mom just came home and she's in a bad mood or dad came home. And if the garage door went up, you'd immediately know who it was, even though you didn't see which door it was because you can feel the energy. Most people aren't any longer when we're kids, we're energy sensitive, but it gets trained out of us mm -hmm. not be sensitive and pay attention to that kind of information. But we do have detection devices that can monitor this and get a sense of your emotional state and your electromagnetic frequency. In EFT, we're tapping on the meridian points that communicate with this electromagnetic system, this third nervous system and can shift and make major changes in our beliefs, in the way we hold traumas, because we've seen traumatic events are linked to mm -hmm. adults' chronic illness. Chronic. And when we actually resolve that relationship in the nervous system between that trigger of the trauma, our thoughts and our beliefs and how we feel, we can dissipate that event. Not that we don't remember it. We don't honor that, but we're no longer in the trigger of it, recreating the trauma and then creating illness. So EFT is just a great way to interact with that nervous system and bring it into harmony. We can do that in very specific ways around here are my symptoms, or here's the memory of, I got hit by a car and the way that's registering in the system. So that's a really powerful and a quick way for a thing like almost anybody to be able to access major change. And we can do, we can play with that if we want to do that a little bit today. This first element you said is bringing awareness. And then, and I get a sense of a lot of elements of self-compassion and some of the things that, you know, I've come across in my coach training, this idea that it is our thoughts that influence our feelings and then how we actually move and act in our world. I get frustrated sometimes in, I work in academic medicine. And so there is, of course, this focus on evidence-based medicine and so much power from that, but also, but we also have this wealth of tradition and knowledge and evidence in a different way from our Eastern health modalities. So Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, so on and so forth. How can we bring both of these together and see the synergy between them both? That's what I grapple with and wonder. So the first thing that has to happen 
is the openness where we begin to let in new information that we may not already understand. It's not that it won't be founded or we won't form an understanding in a solid way, but we can't have that come first. One of the things that's happened in the Western model is there's closure and this idea that skepticism is somehow superior. When what we've actually seen with all the major medical advancements is that curiosity is what really creates the acceleration because the solutions that are coming in lie in a different consciousness than the closure and the skepticism. And I'm only going to look at what I already understand or prove it to me. There's a closure in our electromagnetic systems. We can register this. And there's also a closure in the way the brain works where we literally can't let in a new perspective or a new information. And it's this pattern in the brain where there's a threat, like it's a threat to not already know the answers, or it's a threat to have something I don't already understand. It's something I can't control. I think a lot of people who are in that Western model have bought into that and have been operating in that closure, but it's not serving them. And it's certainly not serving their patients. What has really served society at large is when we're curious and we're open. You'll see a lot of doctors do this when it matters in a different way. Like they care deeply about their patients, but they're still operating in the known, what I've learned from the AMA and what I've learned from the system I'm in and what I've learned from the authorities. But when it comes to like your own health, if something happens, you can't figure out, or your child gets sick, you'll see them open very quickly. Wait a minute. Let me look at what else is possible. Let me consider something I may never have considered before. And they'll go looking behind the curtain for, okay, I've heard XYZ is working for people, but what is it really about? They'll become open because there's something really important to them. It's always about love, whether it's the love for their own life and they want to get their health back or the love for their child or their loved ones. It will have them go beyond that frequency of rationality that says, I don't know about that. Here's what I know. And I don't think we can trust that and that closure. And when there's something that opens their heart, this is what lets that third nervous system, the electromagnetic nervous system, which governs your brain functioning, begin to operate in a new way. And we let in some new information, new possibilities, new solutions. It brings me back to reading. I remember reading My Stroke of Insight by Susan Bolte Taylor, and she shares her experiences totally like her left side of her brain, which is like the logical place that most of us live all the time as adults. She loses that completely goes offline, and she's in this space that she describes, which is our right brain as described in Western, but has these amazing capabilities that we learn through in our our acculturated to just tuning out over time, the space of empathy and love and self-compassion and possibility. We've been taught in a society and certainly in the Western medical culture that isn't real or that isn't important. And even though there's a lot of science that shows it is the most important factors is when we open to compassion, there are major chemical shifts and changes that happen in our body in favor of health. When we let ourselves use both parts of the brain, we can access possibilities or understandings or aha moments and ideas, even though we didn't know where they came from, that pan out to be very valid and very life-saving in some situations. It's always a matter of, can I let information come from different parts of my awareness? 
Or am I going to just clamp down into that left brain thinking and only trust what I already understand? You know, what you're seeing too, I'm sure is our medical conundrums that are presenting go beyond that. There isn't anything in the realm of every book ever written that's going to answer the question of how do I resolve this Sjogren's and let my body come back into health. But you can be in a space where the awareness comes in or the answers come in, or it points you toward a specific person or a specific book, or just an idea comes in that you just know, wait a minute, I've got to stop eating this particular food. If you're in fear, then you don't necessarily want to let that information in. But if you're open and curious, you can easily let a lot of it, which ends up you find out is wisdom is the same space that created us is still communicating with us. And we can trust that and we can let that in. Leaning into that inherent knowing or intuition. I learned this in osteopathic medicine, my second year when we began learning like how to make a diagnosis. And so I had my hands on my partner and the teacher, she was doing the testing. The tester was asking me like, okay, show me, we were studying the thoracic spine. And she said, show me how you would diagnose her and treat this. So I kept putting my hands on her and I'm like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. I kept like feeling around. And I was like, I don't know, but let's just say at the fifth thoracic segment, she's rotated in this position and twisted in this position. And the teacher, the Gretchen Sibley, she was an amazing osteopath, very assertive. And she put her folder down. She's him, put her hands on Jen, diagnosed the spot. She goes, you just put your hands up and down Jen's back four times and kept going back and playing with the same spot. And then you said, oh, I don't know what's here, but let's just say, and then you named the exact lesion that was there. And I was floored because I realized, oh my God, that's exactly, she's right. I did do that. And on some level, I was letting the information in, but I wasn't letting it consciously come in. I wasn't letting myself know what I knew. From that moment on, I realized I can let information come in and process in my system. And then maybe you question it and you check it out, but you can let yourself know what you know. From that day on, it changed my whole practice of medicine because I began to let information in from different sources and different ways that my intelligence was registering. And that changed the whole game for me because not only could I put my hands on the patient and let myself know what was going on, I could ask questions. And is this an issue with her diet? Or what does she really need to know that's at the root of her autoimmune disease, what's actually at the core and let that kind of information in. And this is you decades later. Now I've been practicing this. So I can let myself know immediately, whoa, this is actually about your relationship with your mother and tensions you're holding in your body or emotions relative to a trauma. When you were 12, the information becomes so specific and so spot on. And we practice with this, we practice it and then we test it out and it's, yeah. Oh my God. How did you know that is exactly what's going on? And so we get more and more adept with receiving intelligence this way and letting in information and letting it show us who I've become now as a doctor is totally different than who I would have been if I hadn't had that experience. How can we, and how could our listeners start to use some of these mind body tools and experience that for themselves. What are some like get starting kind of things that you can share with us? The first step is to soften your body. When we have tension in the body, we let in a lot less sensation and less awareness. So the first step with a of the instant elevation, which is ABC 
A is the most important. If all you do is just every time you notice a pain, you just soften your shoulders and let your breath come in more fully. You're going to feel more and you're going to sense more and more awareness is going to come to you. If you are in a stressful situation, I'm like driving and oh God, I'm late. I relax my body. Wait a minute. Let that go. It's okay. I'm in perfect timing. There's no one dying here. I don't need to hold emergency in my body and I let it go. I'll have awareness. And sometimes really amazing things happen. Someone calls me up and they're like, I'm running 10 minutes late. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Cause I'm like seven minutes late. I'll be early now. Things will actually happen. And I've come to understand that we are all connected. So it isn't so surprising to me when my life will reflect that new soft receptive state. Cause when I soften, I'm sending my body the signal all is well, you are taken care of. It's okay to just receive the moment and breathe fully. And literally things will shift and change like dramatically. Co-regulation that we can even see with, with others. I'm thinking of my toddler this morning. He was like all out of sorts. I think he needed to go to the bathroom, but just like holding him and sharing that initially I was starting to get worried. Oh gosh, what's going on? Does he have an intussusception? He just was totally not himself. Then I just held him, let him nurse a little bit. We both calmed ourselves. And that was really what ended up making the difference that, and we have those mirror neurons that help us do that. Yeah. It's so much more powerful medically than we imagine, because not only does it regulate the nervous system where you realize, oh, he just needed to calm down. He doesn't have intussusception. We just need to get in harmony. But the medical truth is even things like intussusception, right? The bowel is like clamped down on itself. Okay. So then it's folded in on itself. This can create major problems. You need surgery sometimes. What we can actually see with all medical issues is there's not only a regulation in how we feel mentally, we feel better emotionally, we're more at peace, but how that nervous system is communicating with things like the bowel and the tensions in the bowel and the blood flow to the bowel and whether that bowel works its way out, which also has been shown with intussusception, or it's more likely to stay clamped down and you need a surgical procedure. Those two life and death issues are actually also regulated in our system where a system can rebalance itself and unwind a structural issue like that or a surgical issue or an inflammatory issue, a chronic systemic illness, or something like your body's in a state where Lyme disease, you can't get the Lyme to clear from that body to your immune system is strengthened to such a degree that the Lyme clears. It cannot survive in that system. That's the shift in consciousness we are playing with when we begin to switch from reactive, I'm in fight or flight, to residing in pure awareness, openness, curiosity, observing what's happening here, supporting ourselves rather than clamping down, fixing, controlling, attacking. That is a major shift in consciousness from fear to love. And that has been shown to be the hugest impact on our physiology, on our cells, on our DNA, and on our overall lives. Cool. So how we are going to make sure to link to all of the ways that folks can connect to you. What I have been trying to do at the end of each podcast lately is ask how, or what would, what advice would you give to our listeners to help them become more confident in 
their care. Well, I think with that softening, when we go from that tension of, oh my God, yeah, I got to get my kid ready or I got to get on time. And we just remembered, okay, soften. And you can even set your alarm three times a day to go off and remind you. So it becomes a more patterned thing in your nervous system. That alone creates a shift. And you can start to pay attention to just like, what happened as a result of me softening more today? Not, okay, I'm going to soften, then I'm going to get the information, then I'm figured out and I'll be able to do something about it. No, actually the softening and the shift in your awareness is what creates that electromagnetic shift. If you start to pay attention to, oh, I softened while I was in the middle of maybe a tense moment with my spouse or being impatient with my child. And I saw like my child took two seconds instead of it would have taken 20 minutes with fighting with him. Or I saw like, oh, my spouse had insight. Instead of arguing with him, I softened and immediately they went into their own insight and maybe apologized or there was some resolution. So I would say both do the softening, soften your shoulders. The second step of instant elevation is you let the breath come more fully into the belly. So it's a re-regulation of your nervous system. And then the third step is conscious. What do I really want to create here versus fighting to get what I want? What am I actually asking for? And then to enter that state, but you'll see if you pay attention with just that first part with a and shifting your awareness, softening your body, moving into curiosity, pay attention to what shows up and life's going to show you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim. I appreciate your time, your energy. Thank um, you. So it was great able to connect. I am yeah. too. I am love to your community. I am so glad to be connecting with them as well. Thanks so much. Hey everyone. I am going to ask you once again to go into Apple Podcasts and submit a review of the podcast for me. But first, I'm going to share a review from Dr. Lex Rx. Dr. Wada's unique perspective is amazing considering she's both an autoimmune patient and physician. Her experience, expertise, and insight make this podcast so valuable. Keep them coming. One other from Amanda Catherine. Wow, so informative. Thank you for bringing more attention to autoimmune diseases. Each podcast is so informative and well thought out. Very impressed with all that you do. Thank you so much, Dr. Lex Rx and Amanda Catherine. I really appreciate the feedback and the review. I want to incentivize you to leave a review too. So anyone who leaves a review between now and my birthday, which is April 6th, will be entered into a drawing to receive a box of all of my favorites. If you've already reviewed the podcast, just hop back over and leave another review. If you haven't left a review yet, now's your time. You have a few weeks to do so. I'm going to announce the winner through my newsletter email. If you aren't subscribed yet, head over to drkarawada.com and in the upper right corner, you can hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much because Apple podcast reviews are one of the ways to increase how many people are able to access and see all of this education and information we're putting out into the world.